For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Over the Line, Monday edition, July 27th, 2020. That's right. It is a very special day. And the reason it is a special day, I'm cooking a slab of ribs that I've had in my freezer for over a month now. That's right. Tonight is the big night. I'm cooking the ribs. Are y'all as excited about that as I am? Honestly, though, there's a lot of stuff going on today. Um, especially at this very moment, if you're watching this live. We're, we're doing this midday, which... Seems to be kind of our sweet spot for me. Helps me out the most. Instead of trying to cram it in at night. As we speak, the John Lewis uh, funeral ceremony deal, whatever that's called, it's uh, it's going on at the Capitol right now. The uh, the the uh, Capitol Rotunda, I believe we call it, you know, where uh, most. Um, politicians that are held in high regard they lie in state former presidents as well and they have uh those on capitol hill there for a ceremony and normally i don't know if that's going to be the case this time i hadn't really looked into it normally they allow the public to come by and pay their respects as well in the day and age of covid and the fact that we're pretending like this virus is um you know some some deadly killer that's going to kill us all I highly doubt we'll see a massive influx of of 
the general public making their way in there and paying their respects to John Lewis, who passed away just days ago. John Lewis, congressman from Georgia, actually born in Alabama, Pike County, Alabama, if you didn't know that. Uh, He's led a long, storied life. Done a lot of good things. I'll give John Lewis the credit that uh, his his part in the civil rights movement. He was the last of the six that were still living, the, the main six that crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge there in Selma uh, during the civil rights movement. If I think I've got that right. And uh, he's gone on home. Took it to the house. Left this world, if you will. Um, so he deserves all the praise in the world for what he's done in the past. Unfortunately, something about politics can take the most noble person who have done things that have greatly benefited us as a society and turn them into absolute scumbags. I realize today is not the day I need to be calling John Lewis a scumbag, but I'm just being honest. And maybe we've all been a scumbag at some point in our life. John Lewis just happened to take his turn towards the end of his life. I don't think that means he deserves any less in the afterlife than anybody else. I'm just saying. Your actions as of late speak for themselves. You call him for the impeachment of the president before the president's inaugurated. You know, that <laughs> it's not a good look. But again... Again, you got to give credit where credit was due. And uh, John Lewis did a lot of good things for the United States of America. So he deserves props for that. But we also don't need to pretend and did in his last days he was a shining beacon of hope trying to benefit the United States. What a, you know. I mean, same thing for John McCain. John McCain, a revered veteran, uh, a war hero, a prisoner of war and a lot of people will argue whether he was a war hero or not but we'll we'll go ahead and give him credit for that but in his final days not so much of a hero more of a political hack which is which is what john lewis has been over the past few years and i'm not even blaming them as a person i'm blaming the toxicity of politics for that the toxicity of politics can take the most noble of men, and turn them into these horrible people. So, take it uh, take it for what you will, okay? I'm just being honest. But nonetheless, it is fascinating to watch these ceremonies in the rotunda and how they commence uh, throughout the day. And really, I don't know how this one's going to go, but it was several days with, with John McCain's, and that was because of the general public, I believe, for days on end, was coming through and paying their respects. So, I have no problem with this. I think it's perfectly fine. And I think I think the best route to go in laying him to rest is to remember his actions in the, uh, in the civil rights movement and not his actions of late within Congress. That's the best bet. I mean, it's what we do when everybody dies, right? And everybody's a human being. John Lewis is no more important than anybody else that dies when it comes down to it. We're all human beings. But he played a big role 
honor what he did during the civil rights movement, forget what he's done as of late, and then lay him to rest with some dignity. Okay, that's, that's all I got to say about it. Now, speaking of the general public's interactions with the late John Lewis and it being hampered by COVID, I stumbled across this as we were starting the podcast, and it is, I think this is at the Capitol. I'm not 100% sure where this is happening at. But right now, there's a group of doctors, and I think they're calling themselves the Frontline... Well, let me pull this up real quick. They're calling themselves the Frontline Doctors of America or, or something. They're in front of the, the Supreme Court, and they're speaking on coronavirus misinformation. Now, I'm waiting for this video to be over so I can kind of go back and play you some of the beginning of it because it was absolutely fascinating. You have a group of doctors that are coming out and they're saying, you guys are being lied to by the likes of Dr. Anthony Fauci. You guys are being bamboozled by your government. We're the doctors that are on the front lines. We're the ones seeing patients. We're the ones that know hydroxychloroquine, which is a drug that's been around for decades and is used all over the world, is safe for people to use. And it has amazing results in treating COVID-19. But... They won't let us use it because they're putting out propaganda that that it doesn't work. Now, they just wrapped up this thing, apparently, so I'm going to play a little bit of it, uh, a little bit of the beginning. Let me see if I can bring some of that to you. I don't know the names of any of these doctors, but I can tell you one thing. Watching what little bit I did, these doctors are fired up about this issue because they're they're basically saying hey dr fauci come out here on the front lines with us come talk to us on a daily basis about this we're the ones that are putting hands on these patients every day we're the ones saving their lives and you're up there literally calling the shots for an entire country just because you're looking at some charts that are really based on numbers that are fake numbers that aren't even accurate, completely inaccurate. Well, I got some stuff for you on that front, too, coming up. Here is some of that press conference from uh, earlier today. They went on for about 45 minutes, but I'll just play what I can of it for you. Either before you get the virus or early when you've gotten the virus, if you've gotten the virus, there's treatment. That's what we're here to tell you. We're going to talk about that this afternoon. You can find it on America's Frontline Doctors. There's many other sites that are streaming it live on Facebook. But we implore you to hear this because this message has been silenced. There are many thousands of physicians who have been silenced from telling the American people the good news about the situation, that we can manage the virus carefully and intelligently, but we cannot live with this spider web of fear that's constricting our country. So we're going to hear now from various physicians. Some are going to talk to you about what the lockdown has done to young, to older, to businesses, to the economy, and how we can get ourselves out of the cycle of fear. Dr. Hamilton. 
Thank you, Simone, and thank you all for being here today. I'm Dr. Bob Hamilton. I'm a pediatrician from Santa Monica, California. I've been in private practice there for 36 years. And today I have good news for you. The good news is that children, as a general rule, are taking this virus very, very well. Few are getting infected. Those who are getting infected are being hospitalized in low numbers. And fortunately, the mortality rate of uh, children is about one-fifth of one percent. So kids are tolerating the infection very frequently. They're actually asymptomatic. I also want to say that children are not the drivers of, the, of this pandemic. People were worried about initially if children were going to actually be the ones to push the infection along. The very opposite is happening. Kids are, being, are tolerating it very well. They're not passing it on to their parents. They're not passing it on to their teachers. Dr. Mark Woolhouse from, uh, from Scotland, who is a pediatric infectious disease specialist and epidemiologist, said the following. He said, there has not been one documented case of COVID being transferred from a student to a teacher in the world, in the world. I think that is important that all of us who are here today realize that our kids are not really the ones who are driving the infection. It is being driven by older individuals. And yes, we can send the kids back to school, I think, without fear. And this is the big issue right now, is, as Congressman Norman uh, alluded to, this is the really important thing we need to do. We need to normalize the lives of our children. How do we do that? We do that by getting them back in the classroom. And the good news is they're not driving this infection at all. Yes, we can use security measures. Yes, we can be careful. I'm all for that. We all are. But I think the important thing is we need to not act out of fear. We need to act out of science. We need to do it. We need to get it done. Finally, uh, the barrier, and I hate to say this, but the barrier to getting our kids back in school is not going to be the science. It's going to be the uh, national unions, the teachers' union the National Education Association, other groups who are going to demand money. And listen, I think that it's fine to give people money for PPE and different things in the classroom, but some of their demands are really ridiculous. They're talking about where I'm from in California, the UTLA, which is the United Teachers of Los Angeles, is demanding that we defund the police. What does that have to do with education? They're demanding that they stop or they shut all private uh, charter schools, uh, privately funded charter schools. These are the schools that are actually getting the kids educated. So clearly there are going to be barriers. The barriers will not be science. There will not be uh, barriers for the sake of the children. It's going to be for the sake of the adults, uh, the teachers and everybody else and for the union. So we, that's where we need to focus our efforts and fight back. So thank you all for being here. And uh, let's get our kids back in school. Hello, um, I'm Dr. Stella Emanuel. I'm a primary care physician in Houston, Texas. You know, um, I actually uh, went to medical school in West Africa, Nigeria, where I took care of malaria patients, treated them with hydroxychloroquine and stuff like that. So I'm actually used to these medications. I'm here because. I have personally treated over 350 patients with COVID. Patients that have diabetes, patients that have high blood pressure, patients that have um, asthma, 
old people. I think my oldest patient is 92, 87 year olds. And the result has been the same. I put them on hydroxychloroquine, I put them on zinc, I put them on Zitromax, and they are all well. For the past few months, I've taken care of over 350 patients. We've not lost one. Not a diabetic, not a somebody with high blood pressure, not somebody with asthma, not an old person. We've not lost one patient. And on top of that, I've put myself, my staff, and many doctors that I know on hydroxychloroquine for prevention, because by the very mechanism of action, it works early and as a prophylaxis. We see patients, 10 to 15 COVID patients every day. We give them breathing treatments. We only wear surgical masks. None of us has gotten sick. It works. So right now, I, I came here to Washington DC to say, America, nobody needs to die. The, 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 the study that made me start using hydroxychloroquine was a study that they did in, under the NIH in 2005 that say it works. Recently, I was doing some research about a patient that had hiccups, and I found out that they even did a recent study in the NIH, which is our national institute, um, that is the, the national, NIH, national Institute of, of Health. They actually had a study, and go look it up, type hiccups and COVID, you will see it. They treated a patient that had hiccups with hydroxychloroquine, and it proved that COVID is a symptom of, hydrox of, of uh, hiccups, it's a symptom of, of COVID. So if the NIH knows that treating the patient with hydroxychloroquine proves that hiccup is a symptom of COVID, then they definitely know that hydroxychloroquine works. I'm upset. Why I'm upset is that I see people that cannot breathe. I see parents walk in. I see diabetics sit in my office knowing that this is a death sentence and they can't breathe. And I hug them and I tell them, it's gonna be okay, you're gonna leave. And we treat them and they leave. None has died. So if some fake science, some person sponsored by all these fake pharma companies comes out and say, oh, we've done studies and they found out that it doesn't work, I can tell you categorically it's fake science. I want to know who is sponsoring that study. I want to know who is behind it. Because there is no way I can treat 350 patients and counting and nobody is dead and they all did better. And then you're going to tell me that you treated 20 people, 40 people and, and it didn't work. I'm a true testimony. So I came here to Washington, D.C to tell America, nobody needs to get sick. This virus has a cure. It is called hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and Zitromax. I know you people want to talk about masks. Hello? You don't need masks. There is a cure. I know they don't want to open schools. No, you don't need to, people to be locked down. There is prevention and there is a cure. And let me tell you something. All you fake doctors out there that tell me, oh yeah, I want a double-blinded studies. I just tell you, squeeze sounding like a computer, double-blinded, double-blinded. I don't know whether your chips are malfunctioning, but I'm a real doctor. I have radiologists, we have plastic surgeons, we have neurosurgeons like Sanjay Gupta saying, oh yeah, it doesn't work and it causes heart disease. Let me ask you, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, hear me. Have you ever seen a COVID patient? Have you ever treated anybody with hydroxychloroquine and they died from heart disease? When you do, come and talk to me. Because I sit down in my clinic every day and I see these patients walk in every day, scared to, scared to death. I see people driving two, three hours to my clinic because some ER doctor is scared of the Texas board or they are scared of something and they will not prescribe medication to these people. I tell all of you doctors that are sitting down and watching Americans die. You're like the good Nazi, the good what? The good Germans that watch Jews get killed and you do not speak up. If they come after me, they threaten me. They've threatened to, I mean, I've gotten all kinds of threats. Oh, they're gonna report me to the boards. They're gonna, I say, you know what, I don't care. I'm not gonna let Americans die. And if this is the 
mountain, if this is the hill where I get nailed on, I will get nailed on it. I don't care. You can report me to the board, you can kill me, you can do whatever, but I'm not going to let Americans die. And today I'm here to say it, that America, there is a cure for COVID. All this foolishness it's not, does not need to happen. There is a cure for COVID. There is a cure for COVID. It's called hydroxychloroquine, it's called zinc, it's called Zitromax. And it is time for the grassroots to wake up and say, no, we're not going to take this any longer. We're not going to die. Because let me tell you something. When somebody is dead, they are dead. They're not coming back tomorrow to have an argument. They're not coming back tomorrow to discuss the double-blinded study and the data. All of you doctors that are waiting for data, if six months down the line you actually found out that this data shows that this medication works, how about your patients that have died? You want a double-blinded study? Where people are dying, it's unethical. So, guys, we don't need to die. There is a cure for COVID. Wow, that is powerful right there. I got to get that doctor's name and uh, find out she's uh, a, 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 a doctor out of Houston, Houston, Texas. And she's like, hey, I treat these, I treat these patients all the time. I give them hydroxychloroquine, even though I'm told not to do it. And it's the people that we're told will not survive if they catch COVID. The old people, the people with diabetes, the pe people with pre-existing breathing problems. That, that they've pretty much gotten a death sentence if they catch coronavirus. And she's helping all of them survive with hydroxychloroquine. She took shots at Fauci. She took shots at Sanjay Gupta, who you know from, uh, he's the doctor on CNN. Here's the problem. The people uh, we're allowing to call the shots are TV doctors, are political doctors, are the people that have the national platform. We're letting them call the shots instead of the doctors that have taken care of us our whole lives, that have gotten us through sicknesses and broken bones and trauma and everything we've ever dealt with. Those doctors are telling us there's a cure. People are dying because the other doctors won't let us use the cure. And you heard what she said. She's being told not to use it. She's even receiving death threats, but she's not going to stop using it. She said, come kill me if you want. If these pharma companies want to come at me, they want to kill me, they want to deport me back to my home country, whatever, do it. I don't care. She said, for those of you that know this drug works and are watching people die, you're no better than the good Germans in Nazi Germany that watch Jews be marched to an oven. That's serious. That is serious. So that's where we're at. Why else? Why else would people come out against hydroxychloroquine so hard why would there be such condemnation over a drug that's been widely available for 40 50 60 years yeah part of it was because donald trump was the one that brought it up and everything donald trump says is bad but it was bigger than that it was because they knew it worked it was because they knew it worked 
And they want everything to stay shut down. I've told y'all this over and over and over, and I'll continue to tell you, because it is the biggest threat facing this country right now. The number one threat. Not terrorism, not gang violence, not even illegal immigration. The number one threat facing this country now is the political agenda attached to the coronavirus response. It is stripping you of your rights. It is stripping you of your freedom. It's stripping you of your mental health. It's stripping you from your family and your friends and your kids' education. And so many people across this country are just allowing it to happen. They're just allowing it to happen. They're doing this on purpose. Coronavirus is a fraud. It's fake. The numbers are fake. The death numbers are fake. The infection rates are fake. And the fear instilled in people by Washington, D.C. is fake. That's why I'm not wearing a mask. I don't care what you call me. I don't care if you call me selfish or a murderer or I don't care about my family or your family or anybody or my neighbors or what. I don't care. I'm not wearing a mask. Because this is all stupid and it's all fake and I'm not going to be a sheep wearing a mask everywhere I go. You'll catch me wearing a mask inside a store that I have to go into and I'm forced to wear a mask. But even that's backtracking. You know why? Because Americans are like me. And they're sick of this crap. They're going in and they're getting in fights with store employees. Because they're sick of it. They're, you, you've got everybody on edge. Right? You've got everybody freaked out. You, you want people in a state of mind when they go to the voting booth in November to be so freaked out that they're going to vote for change. Right? That's what you want. But guess what? The unintended consequences, and, and they said this during this press conference. I may play you some more of it. I know, I know I'm not trying to like make this podcast just that stuff, but I, I've got to. It's so important. They've got people on edge, and they, they want them to go vote for change in November. But the unintended consequences, which are not so unintended, are the detriment, uh, to the detriment of the children, to the detriment of just society in general, people being on edge and fighting each other. Because you think about this. Think about you've got me, okay? Now, I'm not in the business of fighting anybody unless I've got to to defend my family or my kids or myself. But people who are so bent out of shape about this obvious coronavirus hoax... And then you've got somebody that is the polar opposite who is completely freaked out that thinks coronavirus is as deadly as they say it is and is afraid their family's going to die if they catch it. You put those two together, one saying you got to wear a mask and another one saying I'm not going to wear a mask. Well, it, it becomes a tinderbox and it blows up. And then a fight ensues. So you've got a lot of companies that are having to back off their mask ordinances because they're like, we're, we're literally putting our employees in danger. This is all about divide and conquer. 
Divide and conquer. It's why you've got censorship on social media. It's why the freedom of thought is shut down. Freedom of speech is shut down. The freedom to have a dialogue with somebody that disagrees with you is shut down in cities all across this country. Because they want you to get to the point where you hate your neighbor. They want you to get to the point where you hate the very people of your community. They want everybody against each other, and that's how they take control. It's the oldest trick in the book. Divide and conquer is not anything new. And they know this. This is a tactic they've always used. Pit people against each other. And as everybody's distracted, fighting one another, they swoop in. And before you know it, you've lost all your freedoms. But the main issue at hand is not people fighting. It's people, people one, dying, and two, people unnecessarily being freaked out. That's all it is. It should anger each and every one of you guys that there is a cure for COVID-19. It should anger each and every one of you guys that these kids or children are virtually unaffected by this and that the government doesn't want to allow them to go back to school. It should anger each and every one of you who knows somebody who caught coronavirus and struggled with it or has even died from it that they died while a cure for coronavirus coronavirus was available but Washington DC the big pharma lobby they didn't want your family to be able to get their hands on it they would rather you die so they can add a number to their list of COVID deaths than to give you that drug and save your life. I've got this lady, as I'm watching through this video, uh, this doctor from Houston, Texas, she's speaking again. And uh, again, powerful, powerful words from this lady. I want y'all to hear more of this because she she is on fire and uh, she's laying down truth bombs left and right. Uh, and every single American needs to hear from this doctor. Every single person needs to hear what this doctor who is treating COVID patients on the front line and saving lives, they need to hear what she has to say. My message to Dr. Anthony Fauci is, when is the last time you put a stethoscope on a patient? That when you start seeing patients, like we see on a daily basis, you will understand the frustration that we feel. And you need to start feeling for American people like we, the frontline doctors, feel. And you need to start re realizing that they are listening to you. And if they are going to listen to you, you got to give them a message of hope. You got to give them a message that goes with what you already know, that hydroxychloroquine works. Now, now think about that. Hold on, she's coming back to the podium. 
Uh, you mentioned before some uh, remarkable results that you've had uh, treating your own patients. You said, I believe, over 300 patients. Yes. Yes, sir. Have you been able to publish your findings and results from those well, patients? We're working on publishing it right now. We're working on that. But this is what I'll say. People like doctors tell me all the time, publish the data. And my question is, and that will make you see patients? There's enough data around the world. Yes, my data will come out. When that comes out, that's great. But right now, people are dying. So my data is not important for you to see patients. I'm saying that to my colleagues out there that talk about data, data, data. And if I can ask one more question. May I sure. just interject? There is a lot, There's of, a lot of data, data out there. on this. Not every clinician needs to publish their the data, data to yes. be taken seriously. The media has not covered it. There is a ton. I've got a compendium on America's Frontline doctors.com. Yep. There is a compendium of all the studies that work with hydroxychloroquine. The mortality rate was published in Detroit less mm -hmm. than a month. It was July 4th weekend. They published it. Mortality by half in the, in the critically ill patients. Mm -hmm. The patients who um, are getting early, it's been estimated that one half to three quarters of those patients wouldn't be dead. We're talking 70,000 to 105, uh, 70 to 100,000 patients would still be alive if, if we had it. followed this policy. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of published data. I'm sorry Even that with it's Dr. Not Rich. Out there. Dr. Rich published data recently, so there's a lot of data out there. They don't need mine to make those decisions. If I can ask one more question. There yeah. was a little girl who just a few days ago was nine years old, otherwise healthy, and it was reported that she died of COVID-19. So I was curious, as from your perspective, do you feel that this little girl possibly died from some other condition that was wrongly attributed to COVID-19? Or is there some other reason why she would have died from COVID-19? I, I will not be able to say that till I look at the little girl's, literature, little girl's um, history and whatever happened. I know I've taken care of a lot of family members and I, and I see a lot of children and they usually get mild symptoms, but I cannot talk about a case that I've not looked let me, at. Let me, let me show you. What was the age of the child again? She was nine years old. Okay. And that's the pediatrician so, stepping in, and he's talking about that particular issue. And he, he said he, he hasn't heard anything about it, which probably means that it's just a bogus story that's been completely inflated by the media, but that's, that's neither here nor there. This particular press conference by these doctors, I'll go ahead and tell you now, if you don't actively search to watch this press conference... This podcast will be the only place you hear that. You won't hear that press conference anywhere else. There was a small number of media members at that press conference covering that. Nobody else will be talking about it. And if they do, they're going to cover it as this is just a group of crazed rogue doctors that are putting people in danger by saying they've got a cure to the coronavirus and giving them the toxic medicine of hydroxychloroquine. That's the only thing you'll hear about it. If you want to watch that entire press conference, I believe, uh, where did I see that? Breitbart has it. I think you can go to Breitbart's Facebook page, and they were there covering the uh, that press conference as well. But that's powerful. Think about also what she said when she said, Dr. Fauci... You've got an opportunity to be preaching hope to these people. To bring them the good news and tell them that there's a cure and there's a way to survive this. But instead, you're, you're preaching doom and gloom. You're preaching, we got to shut down the economy. We got to shut down the country. That struck me as odd because that is exactly what the president did. He preached hope. 
he preached brighter days on the horizon, and he was hammered on a daily basis for it. Now, unfortunately, he's been put in a position where he's got to say, things like he said last week, that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Until some people stand up, it's going to continue to get worse, and it's not going to get better. We have the cure. All we've got to do is use it. We've got, not only do we have the cure, it's readily available. We've got enough to give everybody, every other country, every other country on this planet uses hydroxychloroquine. Even she says her and her staff take hydroxychloroquine and zinc on a regular basis as a preventative measure. They don't wear face masks in their office. And nobody's caught the virus. Remember, and this is still going on today, that uh, if you are uh, anti-mask or anti-all of this, you're told that, oh, you're just some dumb Republican that thinks the coronavirus is a hoax. You know, it used to be derogatory towards people to say, oh, you think it's a hoax, or you think the virus is fake. And in the early days, we were calling it a hoax. Not the virus itself, but the response to the virus. That was the hoax. Well, now that we're seeing this all unfold, this entire thing is a hoax. All of it. We're dealing with a virus that can easily be handled, and Washington, D.C. won't let us do it. Washington, D.C. would rather see us all die in order to gain political points than to eliminate this virus. That's exactly, exactly what's going on here. We can fix it. It would easily fix... They talked about also the, the, the Na- National Institute of Health, the NIH. They brought it up in that press conference several times, and they said, there's a study by the NIH that shows that the hydroxychloroquine literally heals people from these coronaviruses. And in that study in particular, which sounds like it could have been from three months ago, and it was actually like 2003 that this came out. This study was done for SARS. I guess it wouldn't have been 2003 then. The SARS COVID, they did study on the different, I guess they call them coves or whatever, SARS, COVID, dash two or whatever. They did the study on those with hydroxychloroquine and they're like, this is, this is effective. In every way, shape, or form. The National Institute of Health has said that. Way before the coronavirus, the COVID-19, came into play. And COVID-19 is 70% identical to COVID-SARS. 70% identical. It is effective. These doctors are pleading with America to wake up. Smell the coffee. Realize we can fix this 
And the reason we're not is because Washington, D.C. wants you to die. Literally. They want you to die. They want your family to die. Go and watch that video. Again, uh, I think Breitbart's got it on their Facebook page. There are about five or six doctors there that speak on the issue from different perspectives, but all coming from the same place. And they're like, hey, we're trying to get the word out. We had to come to the, 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 the steps of the Supreme Court because we're even being censored online. We're under threat of having our medical license taken away, getting death threats, and everything else. But we can't sit here and watch this happen anymore. We can't watch this country be ruined over a virus that we have a cure for. That's it for this podcast. We got a new one coming up tomorrow. If you care about your family and your friends that are buying the hype, about coronavirus, do one of two things. Share that video I just told you about or share this podcast. Send it to everybody you know. Let them know that the mask is not going to save them. What's going to save them is hydroxychloroquine, a drug that we already have. There's a cure for coronavirus. We don't need trial studies and new drug companies to make a vaccine. We've got it. We already have it. I'll have a new podcast for you tomorrow. And until then, see you, cool.